0: Welcome to Crazy Cat Mom, a podcast where being a cat mom isn't just the title, it's a way of life. I'm Rain, your host, and I'm here to help guide you through the tangled yarn of feline adventures. Join me as we dive into the fur balls, share laughter, and embrace the unapologetic chaos of being a crazy cat mom. Whether you're surrounded by lots of kitties or dreaming of your first whiskered friend, This podcast is your perfect companion on this wild cat filled journey. Let's get ready to unleash the cat craziness. Hey, Crazy Cat fam, happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another episode of Crazy Cat Mom. This week, I'll be talking about emotional support animals. I'll break it down and first explain what an emotional support animal is, how they're different than a service or therapy animal, how you can get your pet certified if it's something you've been thinking of doing, and then I'll explain why I have an emotional support animal. So I hope you'll find all of this info helpful and I'll get started. So first, what is an emotional support animal or ESA? An ESA is a companion animal that provides therapeutic support to their owners that may be dealing with emotional or mental health challenges. This can be conditions such as anxiety, depression, or post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. How are ESAs different from therapy and service pets? Both therapy and service pets require specific training for their roles. Therapy pets are trained to ensure that they are well-behaved, calm, and comfortable in different environments because their job is to offer emotional support to others in various settings, such as hospitals, nursing homes, schools, and rehab centers. Service animals are trained to perform specific tasks to assist their owners with disabilities. These disabilities can include visual or hearing impairments mobility challenges, epilepsy, diabetes, and various health conditions. Service animals are recognized by law and are granted certain rights and access privileges. They are allowed to accompany their owners in public spaces where pets might typically be restricted, such as restaurants. So ESAs don't undergo specific training for tasks like therapy and service pets, but instead they simply offer comfort and companionship to their owners. While ESAs are not granted the same public access rights as service animals, they may be accommodated in housing situations with no pet policies. For example, if your apartment has a no pets allowed policy, your ESA would still be allowed to live in that apartment. Even though our apartment is already pet friendly, our rental office still accepted my ESA letter for Kevin and instead used it to waive our monthly pet fees. So if you're interested in having your pet certified as an ESA, here's what you can do. You will need a recommendation from a health professional, this can be your therapist or physician and this recommendation typically comes in the form of a letter. This letter will verify your need for the emotional support of the animal. These animals can include dogs, cats, rabbits, or birds. But whatever you do, please do not fall for those websites that are asking you to pay for certificates and harnesses that say ESA. This is not needed at all and it is a scam. So save your money and just go talk to your doctor. So why do I have an ESA? Well I'm going to share a little background info for you, so get ready for a little story time. I won't be going into too much detail, but if you have any questions or want to know more, feel free to message me. For those who don't know, I was diagnosed with cancer in October of 2017. I actually found out on Halloween, which is ironic because I don't think it can get any scarier than finding out you have cancer. I went through 12 rounds of weekly chemo treatments and did lots of sleeping. I found out in May of 2018 that the treatments worked and I was in remission. So when you're in remission, you are still required to schedule follow-up appointments and PET scans so your doctor can monitor your health and of course, make sure the cancer doesn't come back. Typically, they say after five years, you're in the clear and the chances of it coming back are not impossible, but a little less likely. So let's fast forward three years later. It's 2021. It's the year I finally get to marry the love of my life. I'm working, wedding planning, everything was going great until cancer came back. I was able to wait until after our wedding and honeymoon, but once that was over, it was time to start my treatments. Because this was my second time having cancer, not only did I have to do chemotherapy treatments, they also wanted to give me a stem cell transplant, which basically is a procedure where they took my own stem cells to replace the damaged and diseased cells to prevent the cancer from ever coming back. Also, side note, this took months and I was required to stay in a hospital. So yes, my first few months of being married were spent hospitalized and away from my husband. All right, fast forward again to November 11th, 2021. I got to ring the bell and finally go home. I know I summarized and skipped a lot of detail, but trust me, all of this took a toll on me physically, emotionally, and mentally. A lot of people think once a person is in remission or cancer-free, then everything is all right again and life can just resume as normal. I'm here to tell you that's not true. Like I said earlier, the follow up appointments, the PET scans, the scars I see on my body every day from surgeries and procedures, it doesn't just magically go away. And aside from all of that, I also deal with anxiety. You know the feeling when you're about to read a report in front of a group of people, or maybe the feeling of being anxious about an upcoming interview. Imagine feeling that way all the time about everything. It takes a physical and mental toll on my body. So now that you know a little bit about my health history, let's skip to the part where we finally adopt Kevin. I will say, surprisingly, it wasn't my idea. Nick loves cats and has been wanting us to get a cat since we started dating. When we added Kevin to our family in May of 2022, it truly changed our lives for the better. As I spent more and more time with Kevin, I soon realized the effect he had on my emotional well-being, and then he became my ESA. He comforts me, reduces my stress, helps with my anxiety, and enhance- enhances my mood. Taking care of him gives me a sense of purpose. I think that's why I became a crazy cat mom. He also helped me with my physical activity. You may have seen that we like to do stroller walks around the neighborhood. And remember, I did say earlier that ESAs do not have access to non-pet friendly locations, but that's why I have an entire list of stores, restaurants, and hotels that are pet friendly. So whenever I wanna do a self-care day or just hang out with Kevin outside the house, I'll check that list and see where I can go and bring him with me too. You'll be surprised, it's a lot more than just pet stores and hardware stores. It is important to note that the effects of having an ESA can vary from person to person, and the benefits depend on the individual's specific needs and circumstances. While ESAs can offer valuable support, they are not a substitute for professional mental health care, and you should work with your health care provider to create a comprehensive treatment plan. And with that, I will end this week's episode. Until next time, keep embracing the joy of being a crazy cat mom, and may your days be filled with endless purrs and whisker filled adventures. For more crazy catastic adventures, don't forget to follow and stay connected with me on social media for exclusive content, behind the scenes fun, and updates. You can find me on Facebook at The Crazy Cat Mom Podcast and Instagram at The Crazy Cat Mom. Until our next whisker filled adventure, keep embracing the joy of being a crazy cat mom.